Assalamu alaikum and welcome to The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. I am here with my friend, the Imam As- Farhan Iqbal. Farhan, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Farhan, you know, uh, I've been talking to a lot of people these days, and a lot of people who work with me, a lot of people who are now working, because I am at that age where now all of us have started to work. And they all say this one thing to me. They ask me this question, more or less, what will happen to all the bars that are in Toronto and in Ottawa and in every major city, and in any city actually, when Ahmadiyyad conquers the world? And I really, you know, I'm, I'm baffled at the question, first of all. And then I'm thinking, what, what is the correct response to give based on a question like this? So I thought I'd pose you this question. What will happen to the bars of any city when Ahmadiyyad conquers? Actually, uh, I, first of all, I take issue with the word conquers. Uh, we're not, we're not uh, a community that has any intention to quote-unquote conquer the world. We do have a hope to win the hearts of all the people across the world. So we're, we're, we are in a battle, so to speak, for the hearts of the people and not for the... Uh, for any aggression whatsoever, any violence whatsoever. This is a very peaceful message. And our goal is to uh, take this peaceful message to every person and to convince them that this is the right message, right? So with that uh, little bit of nuance, uh, I guess, uh, your question is about the the uh the, when Ahmadiyyat or Islam Ahmadiyyat would dominate so again so again for for some of our listeners just to clarify that uh, we believe according to some of the prophecies we believe that Islam Ahmadiyyah will become the dominant religion in the world in a matter of a couple of hundred years so a hundred years ago his holiness Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community made this prophecy so 100 and 120 years have passed, and then another couple of hundred years from now. So he said that within a period of 300 years, Islam Ahmadiyyat will become the dominant faith in the world. Now the question is, what will happen to all of this stuff that is anti-Islamic, right, or un-Islamic, uh, rather, right, un-Islamic, uh, including bars and including other places which are objectionable from an Islamic point of view, what will happen to those? The answer is... Not as simple as you would like. I, I, I cannot say that these things will go away because that would be my prophecy, which <laughs> I'm not here to make. And uh, if I say that they will be here, then we are back to square one. So the, the answer to this question is, first of all, you have to understand about good and evil. So His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad has talked about how good becomes dominant in the world sometimes, and then sometimes evil becomes dominant. And he has even actually put this into into a, a chronological order of how a thousand years of goodness and righteousness, where righteousness and goodness prevail, pass. And then a thousand years of evil come in. And then a thousand years of goodness comes in. 
right? And so it's a back and forth. It's like a pendulum swing back and forth. If you look at the history of humanity and the history of morality in specific, specifically, you will notice that this is what is this is what is uh, uh, that this is what has uh, happened in the past. And so this, in the future also, this is what is going to happen. That uh, you know, Islam Ahmadiyat is going is is trying to, or in some ways has already brought on or ushered in an age where goodness prevails or is about to prevail, um, and and evil will diminish. So n- notice how I didn't say evil will be destroyed. Evil does not get destroyed, and this is now a question about the existence of evil. But do you, so far, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, to? I, I'm I'm following. Um, I guess uh, there, there's two ways to to look at it. One is it is a is definitely is a larger question of good versus evil. But I, I I'm assuming that the person who asks this question is asking it from a point of view uh, of optimism. You know that can Ahmadiyat really change? This entire culture, which is focused around drinking and, you know, it's very it's not seen as an evil thing. It's very much ingrained and it's very almost second nature to people. Yeah. So so what I'm trying to say, and, and you know, I always try to give a context to my answer because there's so many different things. And in and, 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 and our podcast, we have we try to give short answers. Right. So we have pointed out to so many different things and about good and evil as well. So evil does not get destroyed. This has to be clear. God uh, has ensured that evil is there so that we have a choice between good and evil. If, let's say, evil is totally disappeared, totally gone, then how are we going to have that choice? Once, uh, again, I'm deviating, but once a person came to the promised Messiah, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, and he asked about sin, and this is a long discourse, and the promised Messiah was kept on emphasizing that for Allah to exercise his forgiveness, there has to be evil and sin in the world so that people can get into sin and then ask for Allah's forgiveness. And this is, again, a broader subject. Coming back more specifically to the issue that, that this gentleman has, has brought in front of us is that I don't think at a personal level that these things will co- completely disappear. What I believe is that uh, when uh, Islam Ahmadis spreads, some countries uh, might totally adopt this new faith. Some countries might not be so totally receptive of the faith in its entirety. Um, Some countries might totally reject this. And so those countries, let's say it's Canada, uh, uh, you know, let's be optimistic about Canada, that Canada totally embraces uh, the Islam Ahmadiyya faith. Even then, uh, there will be elements of secularism where it would not put any restrictions on non-Muslims. So the Quran is very clear in the Islamic in the Islam Ahmadiyya perspective. You always talked about this. The Quran says, "Like there is no compulsion in religion." So, an Islam Ahmadiyya government will never try to impose Islamic values on others. Right, and other people and other businesses who are not Islamic might continue to exercise their rights uh, to 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 have these things. But again the government might put some restrictions on them and might reduce this. Do you understand? Yeah. And, and you know, I have always held the the viewpoint, and, and thank you for clarifying and giving me more food for thought, but I've always had this notion that goodness will always prevail over evil, such in a way that it becomes very natural. I like to believe that the world at large would eventually begin to see 
what the harmful effects of alcohol are, that they themselves would come to a point where they would say, oh, you know, alcohol is probably a really bad thing to be promoting. We probably don't need an LCBO at every corner uh, of our city. We probably don't need a bar at every other corner of the city. So maybe we need to cut down this on ourselves. So a climate sort of would be made where Islam Ahmadiyyat can flourish and the the rules governing Islam Ahmadiyyat will be able to flourish. Yeah, so so it, it, it depends on the environment. It depends upon the kind of environment. That's why I said those countries which adopt the Islam Ahmadiyya faith very strongly will try to create that environment. Definitely. And I was also thinking about this one other thing, and I wanted to know your viewpoints on this, is that some countries, they have, uh, I believe, the UAE, where you can purchase alcohol, you just can't drink it in public, and you can only drink it in your house if you are a non-Muslim. Uh, so they will ask you in Dubai, I believe, uh, you know, when you're about to buy uh, alcohol. Uh, in fact, there's a joke that they'll ask you, kafir or non-kafir? <laughs> okay. And they will ask, so is that something that would fall closely to the teachings of Islam, or is that different as well? That's different also because it should not be discriminatory. It should not be trying to imp implement Sharia forcefully on a person, whether or not he's a Muslim. So, you know, if you start asking people about a question about their faith, then that becomes another legal issue and becomes a discriminatory. What if there's a Muslim out there who believes that he can drink alcohol and still be a Muslim? So now we're getting into the really nitty-gritty of these things and I think when it when these Muslim countries try to implement these things they are they go too far in, 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 in trying to implement Sharia which is not right Sharia is by choice it is not a government's uh, you know that a government has to implement it um, yeah so I think in an in, in, in Islamic environment I think these things will be reduced these things like it doesn't have to be at every corner as you, as you said uh, they won't totally go away uh, and the government will Will try to create its to to uh, keep that role of trying to spread that Islamic environment where people by choice don't go after these things. So, for instance, in an Islamic government, they will try to emphasize the harms of alcohol. In Canada, you know, this has become a taboo, right? That we don't talk about the harms of alcohol. We don't talk much about. How many people alcohol is killing every year? Probably about 4,000, 5,000 people die from, from consuming alcohol every year. In, right? in the United States, 88,000 people last year died from alcohol consumption. Yeah, alcohol consumption or something related possibly Absolutely. to alcohol. And that's a terrible, you know, and nobody talks about it. Uh, and, and, and maybe in an Islamic government, again, we're just speculating here because we're not in that age and we're not in that time. But maybe in an Islamic government, these things would, would be very severely stopped and talked about, right? So would this, So I know we've been talking in depth about alcohol, but would this extend to other things that are not also um, directly related to the teachings of Islam? So like, like what? I mean, 
Well, you know, uh, a lot of people say, well, would, would Hollywood stop? You know, these movies, the music, uh, what would happen to all so the entertainment a, luxuries? There is a fatwa of Hazrat Muslim Anhu, the second caliph after the promised Messiah, where he talks about cinema and he says that cinema itself or big screens themselves are not halal, are not haram. They're, you know, it's not a matter of halal or haram when it comes to big screens, like watching something on a big screen. What you are specifically watching and it this goes down to the seconds not even to the minutes that you, what you're specifically sp- watching on TV uh, down to the seconds that's what is what it, what can be halal or haram and so we have to we can talk about these things in a very general way especially when it comes to to theater or, or these kind of things because theater itself can be used for so many good things it can be used for so many educational things and already we are seeing for instance with animated movies so many of them are are good for children they they help educate our children and so it depends on every specific case we, we cannot generalize this and you know thinking about cinema as well um there's also you know during uh, the times of the second caliph um of ahmadiyat uh, as a muslim out cinema w- was a different environment inside as well the type of people who went to yeah. cinema the environment of uh people who were watching this movie uh was a that bit has, different that has definitely that's uh, over the years that has definitely changed but you know coming back to our point uh, that you know these things are first of all hard to speculate and second of all in an islamic government an environment would be created which would be an islamic culture would be would be developed developed where people naturally would be opposed to certain things which are which are harmful and you know speaking about alcohol consumption or just going to a bar itself uh, the way women get treated in these places is an issue if you go online you can find so many articles where women are uncomfortable in these kind of places recently uh, we have heard about starbucks trying to about to start introducing alcohol in those places because women would feel more comfortable in a, in a coffee shop to consume alcohol as opposed to a bar where the environment is not appropriate so all these things are out there that people are slowly beginning to talk about and we have to consider all these things yeah and you know if we if we actually sit down and study facts about all these things we can definitely see which way the pendulum of good versus evil is swinging you know, if you have any more doubts regarding this topic, feel free to reach out to us at theconvictionproject at gmail.com or visit our website to listen to all of our previous podcasts and also submit your comments on there as well. And the website is www.theconvictionproject.com. I'm here with my friend, the Imam Farhanik Bal. This is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. It is the truth from thy Lord. Be not, therefore, of those who doubt.